Thanks for listening to audio from North Monroe. To learn more about who we are, visit northmonroe.com or download the North Monroe app in the App Store or on Google Play. Now, here's this week's message. Well, good morning. How are we doing today? Okay, so let me try this again. Good morning. Thank you. That's how I address my football team every day. When I came down and addressed my team and I'd say good morning or good afternoon or good evening, whatever time of the day is, and they'd be like, hey, good morning, good morning, good morning. We got to do it again. Good morning. That, that was good. Um, hey, listen, I, 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 I thank you so much for having me here and, and, and really appreciate the time and coming back to Monroe. Monroe is, is home. Monroe is family to us. Um, you know, Bill, Bill's been here 20 years, and I think we've been here a little bit longer than that. And, and um, you know, I, that, that's just dating myself just a little bit, but I think there's many of you in this room that, that, uh, that, have, that have known the family and my, my beautiful bride, Jeannie's over here, and my niece, Christian, and, and uh, you know, it's just, th- this is home. This is home for us, and, and uh, any time we get a chance to come back and, and be with family, it's, it's a great opportunity, and, and so I just want to share with you now in the next few minutes just kind of what God has done in my life through football, uh, through my family's life, uh, where we're, you know, what we're doing currently, and, and just to, you know, just to maybe... Um, to share a little Jesus with you this morning and, and how, he's, how he's blessed me. But before I get into that, I want to show you this other little video real quick. It's kind of a little bit of a, uh, of a snapshot of sort of my uh, time in Philadelphia. So take a look at this next video. I understand the culture and the passion of Philadelphia. I get it. I experienced that firsthand. I understand what it feels like to win in this city. This team right here, you were built for this. You're made for this right now. But you guys in this room believe. That's what it takes, man. A little bit of faith can move mountains. You're going to the Super Bowl, man. Let's go. It's one thing to be excited about playing in this game. Oh, we can take a breath. We, we've arrived. But no, no, uh-uh. We're going up there to win the game. Are they really going to go for well, this? You want Philly Philly? Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Fuller's running up and down the line. It's a direct snap, and it goes to Clement, who gets it off to Burke, the tight end, who then throws in the end zone. Touchdown, falls. This play call has a chance to be remembered as one of the all-time greats. Oh, Brady gets hit. The ball is out. We got the ball. We got the ball. And the game is over. The commitment, the desire, and the will to never quit. The underdog. This is a group that I'll always remember for sticking together, for trusting in me as a head football coach. I probably wouldn't be standing here if Gronk caught that uh, pass at the end of that game. But that was obviously a big moment in my life. 
not only as a, uh, you know, as a football coach, but really a fan of the sport and my family's life. And what a tremendous, uh, uh, tremendous journey uh, 2017 season was for us as, as a member of the Philadelphia Eagles. And I've get asked many, many, many times, like, how'd you guys do it? And you saw the beginning of that video, and, and I talked about the expectations of, of the city of Philadelphia. I talked about, you know, what it, what it means to win in the city of Philadelphia. And, and expectations are real. Uh, they're very real. And, and the city of Philadelphia, which is supposedly called the city of brotherly love, I mean, this is a city now that threw snowballs at Santa Claus, all right? So just want you to know, this is not necessarily the city of brotherly love, but you know, it is, it is a great city. It's got great passion, great expectations, you know, the media, the fans, um, everything about it. And so I knew what I was getting into, you know, back in, back in 2016 when I became, you know, the head football coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. And, but knowing those expectations, okay, also taught me one thing. I get to control a lot of things, control which you can control. And, and this next slide that kind of demonstrates that for me because I think about this, I think about this verse quite a bit. Out of Romans 12, 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And, and, and so for me, what, what, what does that mean? What exactly does that mean? I can't buy into what, the, what, the, what our fans are saying. You know, on Monday morning, you turn on sports talk radio, WIP, or you listen to, you know, an ESPN talk radio, and the fans are asking they need to run the ball more. They need to throw the ball more. They need to fire Coach Peterson. I mean, we were 7-9 and nine my first year in 16, and they wanted to get rid of me after the first year. Well, that's all right. That's fine. But, you know, those are the expectations. It's, 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 a win for, it's a win now mentality. It's a win now mentality. And so I knew that going in. And so this verse right here, I wasn't going to conform to what they were saying. I had to be transformed. My mind, I had to change my thinking just a little bit. And that's why this verse means so much to me right now, because of what we came through and, and, and the journey that we went through in 2017 to go from seven and nine and sit in 2016 to 13 and three, eventually 16 and three the next year. We also had the MVP. Well, he would have been the MVP that year in Carson Wentz, a quarterback. He got hurt. And I'll talk about that here in a little minute. But the things that I can control, my effort, I can control my effort every single day. To take that job in Philadelphia, when I walk through those doors, I control that effort. I control my focus, right? How I prepare, how I study, how I get the team ready to go, my focus on the game plan, and then, of course, my mindset. And the way you do anything in life is the way you should do everything. That's your mindset. Those are the things right there that I can control. And through that, through that, you start building relationships. You start building relationships with players like Nick Foles on the next slide. You start building relationships with him. You start building relationships with your players. And when you, when you allow the Holy Spirit to work and, 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 and to transform you, to renew your mind, your attitude begins to change. When you allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life, it uncouples, it breaks you from the world and what it thinks. So many times, how many, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm now I'm speaking to a generation that is connected to these things. 
right here. And social media, in, in my world, and maybe many of you and in your, your professions, social media is a real thing. Facebook's a real thing. Instagram's a real thing. Twitter's a real thing. This is why I don't have any of those. Because those want to cloud your vision, especially in my world. There's negative talk surrounding football teams every single day. There's negative talk surrounding head football coaches every single day. There's negative talk surrounding you and me every single day. I don't need to flip on the phone and keep reading it because what happens? It starts to bring you down. And you can't build relationships with your players when you're constantly reading about the negative because you got to begin to build trust and you got to begin to build faith. And that's what we had in 2017. Those players trusted the coaches. The coaches trusted the players. And we had faith. We had faith that we could get the job done. But I had faith in a higher power. I had faith in my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's where things started for me. And that's how things should start for you every single day. And along with building relationships, and I talked to my players, and I tried to elude this or try to live this way for them every single day. So the things I talked about when building relationships, I talk about transparency. Transparency. They should be able to see right through me. I am who I am. I need to be direct to the point. No beating around the bush. I need to be direct. I need to be open. Open door policy as a coach. My door is open. Come see me. I'll be open with you. You be open with me. That's, that's what I loved about building a relationship with my, with my team, with my players. These guys go through, much like you, they go through, a, they, they go through life. Professional sports is, yeah, it, may, it might be great on the outside, and guys get paid a lot of money, but you know what? They still have to go through life. They still have families. We have wives. We have kids that have to go to school, live in the communities, go to the post office, go to the grocery store. I want to know about their life, being honest, and then coaching them with tough love. How many of us in the room have been coached with some tough love? I know I have. Started with my dad. And it worked all the way up, and that's okay, because it, it kind of shaped, it shaped who I am today. Totally shaped who I am today. But you got to cultivate the relationships. It just, doesn't just start on a Monday, and then it stops on Tuesday, and you try to pick it up on Friday, Saturday. No, it's got to be every day, building these relationships, not only with players, but coaches and with staff, especially as the head coach. And part of building relationships becomes, or is, or has, great communication, I think about a phrase that I used to tell my team all the time. And I said, are you committed or are you interested? Are you committed or are you interested? Committed means you're going to give everything you have for the football team. Interested means, you know what? I'm not feeling too good today. I, you know, I got a sniffle. My ankle feels a little, yeah. I'll give you about, maybe about 75% today. No, no. I want you to be committed. If you're hurt, okay, we'll take care of you. But I want you to be committed. I want you all in. All in for the team. Because that's, again, that's where trust and faith comes in. I think another part of being a great leader 
or a leader in everything we do is to be a listener. I think we need to be great listeners, right? Listen before we speak. Absorb the information before we speak. You know, I had a public relations director that always coached me up to say, hey, listen to the question that they're asking, take it in, absorb it for a second or two, and then speak. And there were times that, man, you you get some great questions. But you got to think about the question because they try to trick you. They try, to, they try to steer you in a direction, divide your football team. And those are the outside influences that can creep into our lives. Take, take football out of it. Just take, take your own life. Take all the negative influences around you. Again, through social media, maybe friends, peer pressure, whatever it might be. How do you handle that? How do you get rid of the negative and start believing the positive? And I think it starts with being a great listener. And then I got this picture. So that picture still hangs. It's, it's got a nice frame on it and everything. Um, hangs in our house uh, in, in Florida. We're in, we're in Jupiter, Florida now and um, love it down there. And, and anyway, this picture uh, was taken back in 2004 when I was a member of the Green Bay Packers. And, and if you can see over to the left up there, um, you know, I have my, of course, less gray hair then, but uh, Daryl Bevel is the offensive coordinator with the Jaguars right now. And then there's me up there. And then there's Craig Knoll, who was our third string quarterback in gray, Green Bay. And then it's Brett Favre. And then Barry Rubin is, you guys know, a lot of you know Barry Rubin. He's the strength coach up in Kansas City. And then Tim McGraw on the right. Well, we were supposed to take a picture with Tim McGraw. It looks like we're taking a picture with Brett Favre. But it's Tim McGraw. And then over on the other side, you see my wife, Jeannie, and, and Faith Hill, and, and Deanna Favre over there, you know, on, on the right side. But the reason I want to get to this picture, I want to show you this picture, is because it's got a special meaning to me. And when you talk about blocking out the noise, this picture really began to block out the noise for me. In 2017, we were 10 and 2. Actually, we were 10 and 1. We just lost to the Seattle Seahawks. Now we're 10 and 2. We're getting ready to play the LA Rams the next week down in LA. And if you remember that game, for you sports fans, if you remember that game, uh, we won the game, first of all. We won the game. Uh, We became uh, the number one team in the NFC East, which is the Cowboys, the Redskins, and the Giants. So we were number one first place in the NFC East. And, um, but we we lost our quarterback. We lost Carson Wentz. uh, He tore tore his ACL that day. And so... When I talk about blocking out the noise, everything I heard for the next 48 hours after the game was things like, the Eagles are done. Eagles are over. They can't win it with a backup quarterback. We're 11 and two. He was having an MVP season. He tears his ACL. There's no way the Eagles are gonna go on with three games left to go. There's no way they're gonna go on and um, win any more football games. National media was all on us. Our local media was on us. Our fans, some of them with us, some of them were committed. The other half were interested in being with us, right? So we had to learn to block out noise, to block out everything that was being piled on top. Coach Peterson, is he, you know, you know, is he going to be able to take this team into the next level, go to the postseason, the whole thing? And so I was getting ready to do a team meeting. Players came back in on Tuesday. And I was getting ready to do a team meeting. I was sitting in my office Monday night, struggling, 
struggling to find the words I was going to tell my football team the next day? How was I going to get the breath of fresh air back into the football team after just losing our starting quarterback? And so our oldest son, Drew, sent me this picture. He texted me this picture. And I knew as the leader, as the head coach of the football team, that my message that day, it had to be simple. It had to be real. It had to be transparent. It had to be honest. It had to be direct. It had to be through tough love. So I, you know, I talked about our strengths and weaknesses, where we were as a football team. I, I, I clearly defined the expectations we had in front of us and the goals that we still had yet to meet. I talked a little bit about our failures and not necessarily through injury, but our, some of our failures throughout the season and where we were as a team and how we, how we learned from failure. Pain instructs. Failure instructs. And so these were the words I was sharing with my team on Tuesday morning. But the message I want you guys to see is the next clip is an individual can make a difference, a team can make a miracle. And that's the message that hit me Monday night. And I'm like, that's it. That's it. Carson Wentz is an individual. Jason Peters that year tore his ACL. He's an individual. Chris Maragos tore his ACL. He's an individual. Jordan Hicks, Achilles tendon. He's an individual. Darren Sproles. We all love Darren Sproles. ACL. Individual. And I went around the room and I said, but you know what, guys? This team here before me, we're going to make a miracle. We're going to make the miracle. And at that moment, I really felt, in, in, you know, from a man of faith, I really felt the Holy Spirit kind of, you know, work into that room and lift those guys up because I truly believed and the guys truly believed that we could get the job done. And, and so it's so important that even though they're still hearing all this stuff about we're the, we're the worst team in the NFC, you know, we went on to win our last, or we went on to win two more games. We were 13 and three. We lost the last game of the season, but we went on to go 13 and three. And now we're the number one team in the NFC. What does that mean? Well, you get a home playoff game and you get home field, you know, home field advantage, which means every team in the NFC has to come through Philadelphia. But that wasn't good enough. And you, you talk about for about a month of just negativity piled on top. Of, and and we're, still tr- we're still trying to win football games and negativity piling in and piling up. Somehow we had to block it out. Somehow we had to push it away. Somehow we had to not be conformed to their ways. But we had to be transformed. We had to be renewed. And so I think, I think as, I, as, as I continue, you know, to lead the football team, there was, there was some things that came, came to mind after sharing with them. And, and I think about this next, this next slide and this next um, this story that I'm, I'm going to share you, and it comes out of, out of First Kings. And I know I got the, the readers. I'm not going to read it. So I am going to read it, but not with my, my readers on. Um, I want to share this with you. 
Leadership and the ability to block out the noise. And of course, this is, this is a story out of 1 Kings uh, 19, 1 through 4. I want to share this with you. And, and when, I, when I read this, it, it, everything starts in the mind. The mind is a powerful thing, right? The, the mind and the body, it, it's what I've learned over the course of being a head football coach and the information available to us today. It's amazing how powerful the mind is and how we can overcome just the health of our bodies with the mind. And let me, let me, uh, uh, let me explain to you here in a second. So this is, this is Elijah fleeing from Jezebel. And you guys know Elijah, and I'm not a, you know, I'm not a Bible scholar by no means, but when you, when you study Elijah, he was, he, he was a tremendous leader. There's some great leadership principles just studying the life of Elijah. He conquered like 450 prophets of Baal. He conquered another 400 uh, prophets of uh, Asherah. And anyway, so now we're at this point, okay? We're at this point. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so this is like, this is like the Eagles conquering. We're 13 and three. We're in the, we're in the postseason. We, we just got home field advantage. But then all the, all the national negative media, everything starts piling on. We're no good. We're this, that, and the other. And this is what Elijah is about to be faced with as well. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elias, Elijah saying, so may the gods do to me and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. I mean, she was, she was he, Elijah was done. According to Jezebel, Elijah was done. He was, it was over. Then he was afraid and he arose and ran for his life and came to Beersheba where, or which belongs to Judah and left his servant there. But this is what I want you to hear. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he asked that he might die saying, it is enough. It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life for I am no better than my father's. And I share that to you by saying this. There's only two things that we can do when it comes to negativity. He ran. He completely, this great man, he ran. From the words of Jezebel, he, he ran. So there's two things that we do. You eliminate them, and then you have to meditate. You, you eliminate them, and you meditate. And so for where we were as a football team that year, we had to eliminate the bad words. We had to stay off of, you know, the Twitter accounts and the, and, the, and, the, and the social media accounts. Don't read the newspaper. Don't listen to sports. Don't listen to talk radio. We had to eliminate all that. And we had to focus and meditate on our job. How true is that in our own life? Right? Just kicking out the negative. Focus on your job. Focus on what you have to do. Allowing the Holy Spirit to transform you. But it doesn't happen overnight. Think about what you think about. Thoughts are powerful. Negative thinking affects your body and health. We talked about that earlier. Healthy thoughts create new... Now, I'm no scientist, but they say that positive thinking actually creates new pathways in your body, in your mind. It's true. It's proven. 
Your thoughts are your choice. Your life, and I, this, this, this hit me when I, when, I, when I was kind of studying and preparing for this, I came across this, this quote too. Your life moves in the direction of your strongest thoughts. It's all about feeling. It's all about emotion. Eliminate and meditate. And when I talk about meditating, I talk about my journey and how I, how I start my days. I get to the office around 5.30 and I, I start my quiet time. And if I don't start my day reading my Bible in the city of Philadelphia or wherever I'm at, my day is done by 6 a.m. Because what happens? Your door starts to knock. People start coming in. They start complaining. I mean, you probably have the same at your, at your work, right? I mean, people start coming in. They start griping and complaining. And we can't do this. We can't do that. Coach, we're trying to put this play in, but I don't think we got the right guys to do this. And why? I'm like, oh, time out. Time out. But if I don't start with my, if we go to the next one, if we don't start with daily consumption of the word becomes your thoughts, if you don't begin training your mind and renewing your mind, like Romans 12, 2, it's hard to get through one single day with everything that we have to deal with. Families, kids, schedules, meals, lunches, school, work, after work, whatever it is. Daily consumption. Philippians 4.8, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Do we stop and actually think about things like this? And this, this is, this is kind of where we were as a football team. Because all the negative was piling up. We had to start thinking about things that were true, things that were noble in our organization, things that were praiseworthy, things that were right. How did we get here? Can't listen to things that are negative. Can't listen to things that bring us down. How many fishermen in the room? How many boat owners in the room? Come on, boat owners, no? Wow, figured I had more boat owners in the room. So my, I told you earlier, my wife and I are in Jupiter, Florida, and we have a boat, and we live on water, and it's salt water, and it's salt air, and we live where there's tides and current, and hit me. No, nah, I, won't, I won't share the story, Rodney. But what I'm, what I'm, what I'm getting at is this. Salt rusts things. Salt corrodes things. And for those of you that have boats, you got to have an anchor, right? Got to have an anchor. What's an anchor? My anchor has attached to uh, about a six-foot leader chain, pretty, pretty good-sized chain, attached to maybe a 100-foot rope, something like that, right? And, and, and I love the analogy of an anchor. Not so much that it secures your boat and all that, and that's, that's for another day, but what I love about anchors is if you're not constantly checking your anchor, 
I mean, physically, literally going and pulling out the chain and making sure there's no chinks in the armor and in the chain or no, no frayed parts of your rope. What's going to happen? Next time you throw your anchor out, you're going to be holding the rope. It's going to break. And then your boat's going to be adrift. You won't be able to tie up on the sandbar. You won't be able to, you know, stop and fish and just enjoy the weather, the day, whatever it might be. And so daily consumption of the word is like checking your anchor. And your anchor better be grounded in Jesus Christ, in the Holy Spirit. Because a couple of weeks ago, I lost my brother. And many of you know my brother and the family. And, and, and I, I share that sort of analogy to tell you that if, if you're not checking your anchor every single day, if you're not checking your rope and making sure things are good, meaning reading your Bible, being transformed by the Holy Spirit, on a daily basis, you're going to be like that guy that throws his anchor out, it breaks, and your boat's adrift. You're in the current, you're in the tide, you're in the wind, going wherever. And so that year in 2017, we made sure, and it was really my job to make sure as the head coach, to make sure that our anchor, what, was secure, was tight, Pay attention to details. Pay attention to the little things. And this is the only way that I know how to get through times like this with my brother. At 51. And many of you have been through situations like this. And the last thing I want to leave you with And I, I always close my team meetings um, with, these four, with these four sayings right here. Number one, and I think it's probably the most important thing, is create energy every day. I mean, there are days you wake up and you really don't feel like doing much of anything. I got it. I work in a profession where sometimes you wake up and you don't really feel like going to the office. But I know that if I don't bring the energy every day, because your team, for those coaches in the room, your team takes on your personality. And if you don't have energy, how are they going to have energy? So bring energy every single day. The second thing is to eliminate distractions. Eliminate distractions. They can be at work, whatever they are. They can be at your school's. You know, I talk to my players about eliminating, eliminate social media. Stay off Twitter. Stay off Instagram. Let's see what happens. Give it a week. Give it two. Let's see what happens. It starts to what? Renew their minds. Whatever the distractions are in your life, try to eliminate them. The third thing is fear nothing. Well, what does that mean? Sometimes change. There's fear in change. But change is good. If change is handled the right way, change is good. It's a growth mentality. It's a growth mindset. If you're not growing, you're not changing. 
You don't have to fear that. So fear nothing. And the fourth thing is attack everything. Live by principle, not by pressure. So that year in 2017, we go on to win our three or our two playoff games and, and eventually the Super Bowl. And, and we lived more on principle than we did on pressure, on what the outside world was telling us we couldn't do. So create energy, eliminate distractions, fear nothing, and attack everything. Two of my favorite verses right there, Philippians 4.13, very famous. You guys know it, Luke 137. It was in the song this morning uh, that we sang. Live what matters to God, and then your life will matter. Spend time in his word. Don't conform to the world. Renew your mind. Transform. Let the Holy Spirit work and change. Surround yourself with a great team, and the miracle will happen. The miracle will happen. And it did for us in 2017. We went on, went on to win you know, Super Bowl 52, the first in Philadelphia Eagles you know, franchise history. Um, and I never for one, one moment thought, if you saw that opening video, that I would be mentioned in the likes of Tom Flores, Mike Ditka, and Tony Dungy. And then there's Doug Peterson. All four former players became head coaches in NFL history to win a Super Bowl. And it just doesn't happen. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's through my quiet time. It's allowing God's will to do his thing in my life and in yours. Maybe you're not playing for a Super Bowl, but you're playing for something. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this time. I just thank you for, uh, Lord, for scripture, for the Bible, for, for what it teaches us uh, each and every day. I pray that, 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 that we take from here, Lord, just the, the opportunity to dive into your word, to dive into um, living, breathing word and, and let, it, let it renew us. Let it transform us. Let, let the Holy Spirit just cover us, Father. Just thank you for this time. I thank you for North Monroe and, and the leaders and, and, and everybody that, that, uh, that comes and, and, and wants, to be, wants to be fed. And we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Our hope is that this message has encouraged you to seek Christ in your own life and make him known wherever you are. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and share it with a friend. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.